like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt-Santi. I'm very excited today. The co-host is Dan Hodgins. Hi, Heather. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm really good. I'm good. Good. Um, I'm glad to be home for the day. Uh, So Dan and I are going to talk about uh, process art and product art is kind of the but I imagine we'll go in a couple different directions, but this is kind of our starting point. We, we were both commenting on a Facebook post several weeks ago, uh, and I think it was about holiday crafts specifically um, in that conversation. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> our starting point is a quote from um, Discovering the Culture of Childhood that addresses this idea, and this is by Emily Plank, and Emily says... Um, Our conferences and professional literature set a comfortable distance from actual practice, and I know it's hard for teachers to abandon what they've been doing for years. We can emotionally enjoy the experience of watching children who are living fully in the moment, and we can appreciate the value of letting children explore with various materials, but at the same time, we continue to hold a strong attachment to the things that children produce. So I felt like that was a good combination of at least two places I've been in my career. (laughs) (laughs) There has definitely been a time and there there definitely was a time when what I really enjoyed was the making of things. Um, And, and I, I, I still, it's still hard for me to really have that conversation with people because um, I don't know. It just seems so clear to me that that standardization of everybody making the same thing is sort of boring and probably isn't really, all that meaningful to children, but, but we are so attached to it. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot, Heather. And why? Cause I remember myself, I'm embarrassed to indicate to <laughs> lots of people that I remember doing uh, all that crafty stuff. Um, when I was a young teacher, not that mm-hmm. just young teachers, but when I was beginning in the field and I, and I, I keep wondering why that is so difficult uh, to let go, and I, I think part of it is related to um, 
we haven't really decided if we let it go what our role is. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah and, and especially with the whole idea, because I'm always arguing with people um, <laughs> over if you do product, can you still be play-based? Um, or a program that uses play, and, and I, I'm saying, no, you can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to say, well, maybe not, just no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of that is because we haven't decided what our role is in allowing children just to play. Mm -hmm. um, and once we make that decision, once we feel more confident about um, allowing children to play, then perhaps it might be easier to uh, move away from the more product stuff mm -hmm. um, and, and allow more of the process. What do you think? I, I think that's um, that comes up in a lot of conversations I have with people um, and, and has been on the podcast many part of many conversations that idea of our egos as teachers and how that provides a barrier to even things we really want to do like child-led play or, or, you know, play, but child-led programs and, and real true play. And now this idea of process art, um, we, we have to get to a place where we're really comfortable with not being in charge. And that, that goes against our cultural idea of what a teacher is. Um, so I, th I think you're right. There's that's that's the biggest barrier, is what and am it's I? Then? Interesting because many people that I know uh, will are believers of process throughout the year until a holiday yeah. occurs, <laughs> yeah. and then we turn into monsters <laughs> of products. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I wondered about that and, and the excuse, and I'm tired of the excuse that, well, parents want it, so therefore we have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I sometimes wonder, is that just an orchestra of excuses? Um, do parents, can we really continue to blame mm -hmm. uh, parents or others uh, for our um, wanting to do some little product thing to prove ourselves as teachers during that holiday time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to discount because I think there is some reality, some validity to parent pressure in other parts of our conversations about what we do with kids. Yes. Um, and, and I know people might disagree with me on this, but I, I think in this case, when we're talking about product versus process art and holiday crafts, um, it's too easy to say we're doing it because the parents want it. I don't think the parents would care that much. They might question, they might wonder, but I don't think they would really be that upset if we didn't do a Valentine's Day craft. Yes, with with well, children. And, I, and the I other think, idea is our role then to help others see the purpose of process mm -hmm. um, rather than product. Uh -huh. um, and I say yes, that's our role where we have to um, help others see the benefits. Um, and, and the most more childlike experiences are, are essential yeah. um, in our programs. Yeah, I, I think um, definitely finding ways to make what is happening when children engage in that process more visible is one way to even bring those sort of uh, the parents want it argument 
uh, to address that argument that the parents want it. So that's why we do it. Um, but I think about other things parents have wanted from me in my career. I mean, I've had parents who want me to bite their toddlers back. And I say that out yes. loud and almost universally everyone else in the group will be like, oh, no, well, parents want it. So why is yes. it different in that situation? In that situation, it's different because I also believe I shouldn't bite a child. But in, an, in this, this, the people who are saying, I'm going to continue to do this product holiday art or this product art because the parents want it. If we really strongly believed there was a better way, we would, we would not rely. We would not stop with, well, the parents want it. Does that make yes. sense? Like in, yeah, in the way we do sense. in other areas, you know, what if a mom wants me to spank her child? Well, I could come up with a hundred arguments why I'm not going to do that because that's what I believe and know. So why does it yeah. change in this art conversation? Well, maybe we need to think about what we really believe yeah. and know. Yes. And I think the other aspect that I often get asked mm -hmm. is there a place, is there not a place for product or crafts um, in, in a program? And I think the response I typically have for that is that if, it is initiated by the child mm -hmm. and directed by the child. I'm not at all uncomfortable right. um, with, quote, uh, a craft or a product. But the big difference here is that for it to be um, child-owned, um, it has to be directed and initiated by the child. So, and, and I think that most products are typically initiated by the adult and that's mm -hmm. the, the the real uncomfortable feeling I have um, about the craft mm -hmm. yeah I have I have a little boy right now who would sit and make uh, you know string beads and tie it together into something sure. forever mm -hmm. because he's really into keychains and bracelets so right. he, he requests the materials I make sure that they're available he he does it it's his idea it's his thing it's his product that's different than if i sat my whole group of 15 down and said we're all going to make a bracelet today and here's you know you here's your five beads and here's your one piece of elastic and here is your uh, model <coughs> um because the goals are very different and the experience for the children in those two scenarios are very different and i'm often indicating that in my 36 years working with children, I don't have a child ask me to make a, a heart um, <laughs> or to make um, a, a Christmas tree or something of that sort. And if they did, I would be the first person to ask, well, what do we need to make that right. happen? Yeah. Um, which gives it back to the child rather than the adult uh, designing um, wherever that uh, process is go is going to lead. So in that case, um, I, I'm not as uncomfortable about crafts mm -hmm. um, if if the child is initiating the process. And what my uh, my uh, understanding and work with children is that as the child grows and um, develops, um, that they're more likely to be interested in an end result. 
um, than a preschool child mm -hmm. would be. I, I mean, I will use the example. Um, if you were to try to make cookies with a preschool child, you're not going to get the dough to the oven because <laughs> it's going to be eaten before it even gets there. Also <laughs> me. I mean, that's yes. also very much the way I make <laughs> Yeah. And I'm thinking, but a, a second grader uh -huh. uh, would, it would be very upset if his or her uh, cookie did not look like a cookie in some cases because of their stage of development mm -hmm. um, that they're and at. Do you think that that could be tied to, and I know Piaget has become kind of problematic, but do you think that could be tied to like to those developmental stages that yes. he identified? Like they're not, they're not thinking abstractly until that older age, so it's harder for them to have the product in mind when they're working with the materials. Yes, and even, and, you know, Erickson would say that the stage of industry where children yeah. are interested in producing, it makes sense to me in terms of, I remember making an ashtray for my parents, and neither <laughs> one of them smoked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was the thing you did right? in woodworking class <laughs> yes. when you were in second grade, whether it was initiated by the adult or not. It's just, you know, I felt different about it at that development mm -hmm. stage. Um, mm -hmm. But again, I think even as a child gets older, that sometimes they're molded into wanting to produce mm -hmm. uh, because they're so used to the adult involved in initiating a product. Because um, my experience with children who are involved in process um, that they're more likely to be initiating and creating their own ideas uh -huh. um, than those children who were brought up in a, in a very product um, environment. Yeah, I had a group of, and I, they were older two-year-olds a few years ago that I was, that I was working with, and um, of course they loved Play-Doh, um, and I got so discouraged when the only props available were cookie cutters and rolling pins yes. with yes. the Play-Doh that I, yes. I just took all of that out of my classroom and all they had was Play-Doh. And then I would bring out like popsicle sticks or pipe cleaners and um, whatever else they, you know, what their ideas were, they could go get and bring to the table. And it was discouraging then to see how much a law at a loss the other adults were to know what to do. Yes. Um, yes. Because they, they couldn't just, it didn't make sense to them that a two-year-old would just want to stick things in the Play-Doh and pull it into smaller pieces and smash it up. And um, they weren't trying to make something out of it. So then the adults had no idea how to relate yes. in that, yeah. at that table with those children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other idea about processes is I, I'm not sure we're clear on what it means. Sure. Yeah, uh, we kind of jumped right into the, yeah. the bigger conversation. <laughs> I just think that you know that that if 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 it's again if it's interested in looking at what's being done uh, versus what has actually been made um, decides whether or not it's process or product. I think you know the idea that. Um, allowing children to uh, spend as much time as they want on something or as mm -hmm. little time as they want 
um, that they don't necessarily need to take it home. Uh, I'm always worried about people who are looking, you know, saying to children, well, put your name on it so you can take it home. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm thinking um, that's probably not the reason they started the art <laughs> to begin uh-huh. with, with thinking about taking it home, yeah. but more into what am I doing and what can I use and how much uh, can I use. Uh, and how much I can use. That's such a big yes. part of it that I see. Um, my My group has been really obsessed with putting on a show the last Ah. five or six mornings there's never been a show yet but the whole hour (laughs) is spent in um talking about and making tickets and getting tickets punched and setting things up and putting up the decorations and creating the decorations um and i've actually been really glad none of the other adults have been like well when does the show happen (laughs) or what's the show gonna be (laughs) they've been very supportive of just this and it's completely their invention. Some one of them must have gone to some kind of production, stage production, or something at some point, and then it spurred this putting on a show. Um, and sometimes it's the same process, and sometimes they add a concession stand, or sometimes they add a different kind of decoration. So it's been really fun to watch. Um, but I could see it being very difficult for someone who was sort of socialized into the idea that there has to then be a show if you're putting all this preparation in. Um, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, we haven't seen a show yet. (laughs) I I know it's the same thing when we have children, I just bring in a lot of dough, yeast and flour, mix it up and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then, and just put it out on the table, just like you would for clay or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. And when students come in from the college to observe, they're always saying, are they going to be making bread? I said, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Let's watch and see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because they just spend so much time carrying it around and, mm-hmm. and moving it in different, and, you know, adding it in different places. And I, yeah. and I think that's the whole aspect. Like you said, putting on a show, it's really the the involvement of how they see their world at that uh-huh. point. So making the tickets and impounding the flower and all that kind of uh-huh. um, creative uh, mechanisms that go with that is, is really the crucial part of, um, of a lot of other learning that takes place. Yeah. And I think there are definitely some children who are more comfortable with that process and have had more experience, been allowed to to, to play out their process than others. I, I remember a story a friend of mine told me that, um, so she's very much just a here are all your parts and do what you want with it kind of a mom. Um, and then a neighbor was visiting and she just had like all these loose parts and the, the, the little girl who was three was at, like begging her to tell me what to do with these things. I don't know what to do with them. What am I supposed to do? She kept asking and it was causing her a lot of anxiety. Um, and I, I see that every now and again, but it's yes. it's pretty rare in my in my experience. But um, so so, what would you say to someone who said, "Well, how do we teach them to love the process then, or what do we do with the child who doesn't know what to do when you just open up a process?" I just make some simple statements. I call them like encouraging statements for children. Uh, you know, again, do you think you want to start at the top or do you want to start at the bottom? <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, that's initiating, um, and but it still has ownership of uh, the child. The way I, I had a child that traced around my foot because it's so large. <laughs> they always like to trace around uh, my foot. And, and they'll say, I can't hold the pencil right. And I'm thinking, well, how do you think 
what is right to you? What do you mm-hmm. think that you need to do to be able to hold it better? And the child said, can I tape it? I said, that's an idea you could yeah. try. You know, so, the, so again, it still gives them ownership, but encourages them to, especially like you indicated, because there are some children who have, who really have not experienced the process uh-huh. or the self-choicing um, that they might have. And they might need a little more encouragement, uh, but it's still, the, it's still giving them ownership to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because once they have ownership of what they're doing, it's easier to be involved in a process. Yeah, I, th- I think um, they need to, some of them, they need to learn to trust that it really is okay to do whatever your idea is with this material. Yes. Like, okay, I hear you saying that, but I, that can't really be right, right? There must be something you want me to do with this, this paper <laughs> and glue and scissors. Like, I seriously, I just get to do whatever I want. So, and that might be, need to be a repeated experience where after they see other children really engaging it with their own ideas and we've been giving them that permission and prompting mm-hmm. them by just saying, well, what's your idea? What do you think? What would you like to try? I, I, I have never, I don't think I've ever seen a child who just never gets it, like never gets to. Correct. That. Right. And sometimes I'll even say to a child, uh, yeah, who do you think, who do you think you could ask in the room? Mm-hmm that might help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then they will, you know, say Sarah or something, or go ask Sarah, see if she mm-hmm. has any ideas uh-huh. that you might like. Uh, <laughs> it still get, gets it back to the, what I call it, the community of, of uh, researchers, uh-huh. essentially, who will uh, assist and support children still knowing that they have some colleagues, essentially, uh-huh. that can yeah. help them make some of those process decisions. Yeah. Again, I think the real difficulty is letting go mm-hmm. uh, for adults because yeah. they see letting go is losing control. Um, and, and I always view letting go as gaining control. As gaining that's control? Important to you. But it's really gaining control because the children are making the decisions and then that should say to you, I am developing quality um, through play. Uh, which is essential for, you know, growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it back to that. I wanted to circle back because you, we kind of talked about um, that adult control or what is my role then being one of the reasons we're still so attached to this idea of making things. Um, But what, I mean, other than our own memories, like I think that there's something to be said for our own school memories, cause, cause forming those attachments. but most of our school memories are from when we were older, when, pro- like you said, when products became more important or more meaningful to us. Um, I don't. What What other ideas do you have? Why is it so hard to let go for for people? I think that everybody <laughs> wants to feel um, needed, okay. um, and I think part of this is recognizing that if to be a good teacher, um, a good caregiver, um, a good parent, um, if I help demonstrate, then I'm viewed as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is once we start deciding um, that we um, are needed because children are allowed to be involved in their process through their own growth and understand, once they become confident in that um, 
I think that helps uh, it helps what the was last that process yeah but, you know you know letting go helps with uh, developing um, the need to to feel needed is is going to be more relaxed yeah as I, they that's what I grow that's what I always try to convince people who are sort of skeptical is that um, y- you you may feel uncomfortable but I think it's just so it's so much deeper than my I feel like my role for the for the children is so much deeper because I'm I'm being responsive and it's relevant. What I'm then able to provide for them is relevant to what they want and need and they value. And I'm, I'm contributing to their sense as um, someone who can influence others and whose ideas are worthy of trying out. Um, So it does feed my ego in that way. Um, uh, And I, I do just really think that that ego is such a driving force in so many of the decisions we make. And if we children. if we become confident in allowing play, then our role changes. Mm-hmm. Um, we become uh, play supporters. Um, we become play activists, um, <laughs> and we start sharing that with others. Then we see our role is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of a development that has to occur uh, with some people in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just recognizing that, just, just recognizing that part of that is a growth process. Yeah. Um, it's and it's hard because it's a growth process. It's hard anytime we're challenging ourselves or trying something new. Even good change can be stressful. Um, oh, definitely. But I find. Once we feel confident in change, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that's a real, that takes some time, but once uh-huh. we feel confident in change, then the other stuff is just a lot easier to handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because we become, I think so often we, we define our success with children by how well we've controlled them. And so it's, yes, and it's difficult to control children and it's unnecessary <laughs> and um, right. it creates a lot of stress. And if we define, if we're able to create a different definition for a good day with children, um, we will notice a big change, I think, just in our own, I don't know, sense of, sense of self and sense of purpose and. Yeah. That boss said to me once, um, and she used to state a lot in her presentations, adults have to be less egocentric than children, uh, which is not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it really is not easy when you come to the reality uh-huh. of that. But it makes so much sense because sometimes our egos get caught up um, in, in the whole process component. Um, and then we become... Um, more of a controller rather than a releaser um, uh-huh. experiences. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think part of the challenge is is recognizing that um, that the process is is once we decide that it is more important than product, uh, then it becomes easier to get rid of the cookie cutters 
-hmm. it becomes easier, you know, just sending things home with children mm -hmm. uh, who really don't want to take it home. Right. Um, and, and then there are parents that after a while, I remember with my daughter, after a while, I didn't want the stuff. I was just going to say, we hear... We hear all the time that parents ask for it and want it, but it sits in cubbies forever. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and my daughter brought home a picture that was filled with corn syrup. I'm thinking, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> Make pancakes or something of that sort. Because, you know, after a while, it just isn't my sense. Right, yes. <laughs> but what worried me this coming week, and I, I ranted about it, is, you know, people say, but I... I pre-cut a heart and I put it on the easel, but I didn't tell them how to paint it. Uh -huh. And they justified that yeah. <laughs> as process art. And I don't believe that that's process because first of all, what the hell? A heart doesn't look like that. <laughs> I, I think you're the one uh, I, the I, I read somewhere, like if your heart was really shaped that way, you'd die. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm thinking, what does this, you know, we're talking about children are very egocentric and what's this have to do with the heart and feelings? Mm -hmm. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. And then it takes so much time to make those, those pre-cut hearts right? <laughs> um, right. that I think they would find it so much easier um, after they just simply let go of the product and, and move into the process. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I mean, some people just, that's sort of their personality. They like that cutting out and preparing whatever. Well, do that for your own craft. Don't Absolutely. do that for the children's crafts. <laughs> there um, are a lot of scrapbookers out there looking for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, make your own bulletin board at home and, um, you bet. You and let bet. the children you do, do as everything. much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I just don't that. invite me to a scrapbooking party. <laughs> So I used to really be into scrapbooking. Um, I didn't get nearly as fancy and as, as elaborate as some people do. Um, but uh, that was for me, you know, that was me. That wasn't sure, something sure. that I was going to yeah. then make all my classes I, do or whatever all my children do. We don't need to get derailed. Right. And, I, and, and some people are artists when it comes to, because you know, sometimes artists will debate, uh, well, how will children ever learn if they want to be an artist? And I say, yeah. well, I don't think that most artists, true artists are taught. Right. <laughs> they develop, they grow uh -huh. and they experience. Yeah. They're not deciding at four years old. develop and grow their own unique designs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I guess we can leave it, we can end it there. If you, if you really need that craft in your life, you can do it for yourself. <laughs> Definitely, and definitely. If, if the children are asking you for it, you can facilitate that. But otherwise, let them have their ideas and do their process. Yeah, the children, if a child says or asks, I want to make a heart, well, what will it take to make that mm -hmm. happen? To me, it's a simple yeah. bringing it back to the whole process. Come yep. And their idea. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. a really, yeah. really good way to end that. Um, so this was fun. I knew it would be. <laughs> um, so I thank you for joining me on this topic. I hope that um, I hope that everybody else thinks it's fun when they listen to it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dan. Thanks so much, Heather. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on.
Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio Production. Oh.